to Where Does Food, the food history podcast that chops up little bits of food history, shoves them inside a podcast stomach, boils it, and then serves it with a glass of whiskey. I'm your host, Tim Weehunt, and with me, as always, is your other host... What's up? I am L. Today, we're talking about haggis. Haggis. We're talking about haggis, which is why my intro is about chopping things up and then shoving them in a stomach and boiling them. I knew we were we were shoving stuff in something, but I didn't remember what was being shoved in what. So mm-hmm. thank you for mm-hmm. that. So I've never had haggis. L, have you ever had haggis? I have not had haggis or had an opportunity to have. Yeah, haggis I've before. never had the opportunity. No one's making me haggis. <laughs> no, it's just no, no, no. It's just not. That's not on a regular basis yeah. around here. Um, you can't. People do make it. Obviously, like it, it is a thing that you can get a hold of. Uh, you just have to like go out of your way for it. And maybe one day we will. Maybe after this episode, we'll be munching on some haggis. Yeah. Maybe today so will be the day. So instead of our normal hoopla, as it were, I can't really have you rate it because you have no point of reference. Um, yeah. And I don't have any fucking opinions fair. on it because I've never, I've never had it. Uh, my opinion is it sounds gross, but I'm always open to opportunities <laughs> of enjoyment. So I would At try it trying out. it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to do a questionnaire episode. Yeah. Oh, no. I suck at these. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. We're a questionnaire episode. Um Trivia. Of course, we've done questionnaire episodes in the past. This is Elle's quest to uh, getting her degree uh, from Where Does Food University, real university. Yeah, uh, check out whereedu. So uh, we hand out for sure. We're accredited, <laughs> and if you—it's like the movie yeah, accepted. Yeah. Yeah, if you it's yeah, that if you go to our college, you for sure will get a degree in something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be a yeah, shithead. Get a degree in something, and uh, don't sue us, please. No, but but uh, I love these episodes. These are some of my favorite episodes. And of course, the rules of of getting a credit towards that degree is that you have to get majority of the uh, answers. But no, just participate. No, uh, just participate. It's yeah, just, just participate. Um, yeah. Um, now I have. I, I am refining this format, and I realized that in my previous ones, you know. I'm just I'm 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 not giving you enough context clues. You're pretty much shooting in the dark, you know, it's things like that. And I want to really give you a chance. So first question here is is super it's super open ended oh, no. okay. and there's literally not a wrong answer. So I have five total questions. One of them you get correct. So that means you only need to get two more after this to get the credit. The first question oh, no. is uh, how much do you know about haggis? Oh, I think I could actually um do really well in this. I don't know much about anything about haggis. Not, yeah. I think it was once mentioned in, ironically enough, a Disney Channel <laughs> original movie, yeah. Luck of the Irish, but I'm not entirely sure and I could be misremembering. So well, I don't know much about Well, there you go. Haggis First question correct. She doesn't really. know much about haggis at all. All right. <laughs> yes. Before we dive into this, we're going to take an early break uh, and then we'll For come sure. back and then we'll get started. Sound good? Sounds like a plan. All right. Since you don't know anything about haggis, here's the second question. <laughs> Two questions back to back. Don't worry, the questions don't come this heavily uh, all the yeah, time. Yeah, no context. Just, uh, here's the here's the uh, second question. Which country is haggis the national dish of? Is it A. Oh no. Scotland, okay. B. Ireland. C. England. D. USA. 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 Um, it's not D. Yeah, you're catching on. So we can cross that <laughs> off. 
I don't think it's England. London town. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, isn't it? So I'm really, I'm like, don't be mad. I think I'm going to go to Scotland. Well, Elle, you got two questions correct. You only need one more question to get your credit. We have three more. You only need one more question out of the three. Haggis is the national dish of Scotland. But we have a bit of a road before we get to that point. So let's start with what haggis is and then we're going to okay. go into the etymology of it because that's what we do here on Where Does Food. So haggis is considered a savory pudding containing sheep's pluck. Pluck meaning uh, heart, liver, and lungs. It's, you know, just the organs. Um, minced with onion, oatmeal, suet, spices, and salt. Mixed with a stock and cooked traditionally in case in the animal's Stomach. So it's typically sheep stomach with sheep organs and other stuff like grains and spices and okay. onion. Uh, and that gets cooked in that stomach. Nose to tail vibes. Okay. Yes. And we'll touch on that a little bit. So the etymology, the root hag may have been derived from the Old Norse haggis, but it's spelt like Old Norse style. So H-A-G-G-W. <laughs> but Interesting. yeah. Or okay. the Old Icelandic um, hagva which is H-O-G-G-V-A, both which mean, uh, both of those mean to chop. Notice that you mince up the organ meat. So that's potentially where this word came from. Uh, As such, the name would have meant something like, you know, chopped up stuff. And then, yeah, they would, (laughs) uh, you know, prep the the organ meat that way. Uh, It's also, the organ meat's also called offal. So there's a few different words. If you hear me say any of those other words, like pluck, or offal just means the organ meat. Okay. And then it gets stuffed into that that stomach. Hag is also very similar to the French verb hachir, if that's how you pronounce it. Oh. I'm not French. Which, again, like the previous two words, also means to chop. It's literally, tra- it translates to chop. So, um, And France and Scotland do have a, a strong relationship historically. So there could be some connection there in terms of where the word haggis comes from. Uh, from the French region, okay. you know, so it could have been uh, the the theory is that the the word itself and even the dish maybe have been brought over some point after twelve ninety five uh, BC AC AC sorry AC AC yeah, not Got before you. AC not that old. <laughs> well, it kind of is. <laughs> we'll get to it. <laughs> so, where does haggis come from? Like the actual dish? Like you yes, know, the etymology is one thing, but it's like you know, where's the well, some of the earliest references to the dish, uh, similar to haggis, come from England, oddly enough. Yeah. Wow, it, it, okay. We've actually talked about this book, The of Form course. of Curry, uh, 1390. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On yeah, my bookshelf. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, again, old school cookbook, pretty simple stuff. And it was uh, it was similar to haggis. I believe the dish was called uh, Raisols, or a y s o l s, but it was similar in the in the sense that you would like really mince up your meat and then you would uh, cook it in the pig's stomach. So I think it was it was made with pig uh, instead. But that's not totally uncommon now. So it's very similar. So that could be one of the the earliest. Uh, renditions of it. And then first known written recipes uh, for the dish with the actual name haggis comes from uh, Liber Cure Cocorum, dating around 1430 in Northwest England. Yeah, so that one is spelled as H-A-G-E-S-E, but functionally that's the same name, just different spelling. So that that's the earliest form with the actual name. So 1430 is, is okay. the actual mm-hmm. name. 1390 wow. is the earliest recipe that kind of resembles it. A couple differences there. It also showed up in 1440 in, I'm going to totally butcher this, uh, 
Promptorium Parvalorum, which is a bilingual English and Latin dictionary attributed to Geoffrey the Grammarian. Yeah, nailed it. Oh, yeah, Geoffrey. Geoffrey, yeah. And there's no recipe here, but it is uh, it is a definition, and it's actually the first time it is defined as a pudding. So 1440. It's actually defined as a pudding Ooh. in this. Again, no recipe, it just sort of like then. early dictionary, which, you know, early dictionary stuff is super interesting because dictionaries, <laughs> hard to make. Hard to make. Try oh, and describe, like, imagine having to write, uh, like, definitions for things. <laughs> How do you describe the sun? Yeah, without using, without the, using the word sun. You know? Early dictionaries. I wouldn't be, yeah, no. I didn't <laughs> yeah, know enough even synonyms, now. <laughs> even now. a table. <laughs> no, it's just a... Uh, fun little thing i remember uh in english class that was brought up because we read like a couple inserts from like a really early dictionary and it's just like super bizarre like simple explanations of things <laughs> and it's just like but when you think about it it's like yeah how do you do that <laughs> how do you how do you sit that was all yeah no yeah, especially the words that they in their vocabulary and, like define something simple things yeah uh now again <laughs> literary references are fine and dandy but like we know we've been doing this for over a year listen we know that literary references now. don't they don't paint the whole picture okay it's just a fact of life some stuff happened prehistory some stuff is lost to the sands of time you know, some stuff is lost to the ocean. You know, some stuff is, you know, lost because the lizard people ate them. Okay? It's just a fact. All right? Doo -doo. There is another theory that haggis uh, uh, comes from comes from the Romans. Okay? That's the other theory. It comes from the Romans. No way. No now, way. Okay. Next question. Of course. Why wouldn't they make an appearance? <laughs> what is the leading theory behind why haggis came from the Romans? Is it A, the Romans made a simpler recipe out of necessity for preservation methods after a kill? Was it B, historians found a site with cooking vessels similar to what haggis is cooked in? Was it C, Romans had a word that roughly translates to minced meat? Or was it D, because it's the Romans, we don't need evidence where we're going? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. based off of this no, show? No, I mean, yeah. I, I'm like, A kind of so, sounds just to reiterate, plausible. A is... A necessity method. B was that they found cooking vessels yeah. similar to what haggis is cooked in. And then C is Romans had a word that also roughly translated to mincemeat. I'm torn between A or B. I'm going to go with A. L, you did it. You got your credit for today. The answer oh my is gosh. A. Oh, my And you gosh. even hinted at it at the top oh, of the episode. Yes. I didn't even know you that. You hinted at it at the top wow. of the episode. Yeah. So food writer Alan Davison suggests that ancient Romans made a haggis-type meal because it was necessary after a kill. If you kill something, you want to use everything you can. You have to chop up uh, all the organ meats. You salt the shit out of it. You tuck it in the stomach, and you cook it right away, and it will last longer for you. So that's what was that's what was done. Wow. Yeah, and I read a little bit that they would like use the um, they would like use the hide as a as a as a way to like cook with as well so yeah super oh, super interesting, interesting okay. stuff so yeah the answer was a and then uh here's something interesting because it is a scottish uh national dish haggis wouldn't yeah. appear in scottish literature until 1513 that's that's like almost uh that's like almost a full-blown century after it was found uh yeah. like definitively 
in English uh, literature, which is crazy. And it only appears very briefly in a verse by William Dunbar in one of his poems. That's it. It's like super simple. It literally just That's like it. says the word haggis. Like I didn't even put the thing in there because it was so like rudimentary. I was like, ah, it literally just says the word haggis at the end. <laughs> yeah, like it's super, super <laughs> simple. So let's find out why Scotland likes haggis so much. Onward to the 17th century. We ride. So by the <laughs> end of the 17th century, the English diet started to, to change a little bit. Yeah, it started to change. Okay. Uh, we actually haven't talked about this that much, and I, I'm surprised. <laughs> frankly, frankly, I'm surprised. Uh, frankly? The agricultural revolution swept the country in the late 17th century of England. Yeah. In, okay. In, so productivity started to increase, and the food started to change, and products became more widely available. Hey, we know this with revolutions. All right, we got this. We, 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 we've experienced that in the States as well. So it was one of those moments in history towards the late 17th century. And haggis, <laughs> well, haggis is poor people food, El. It's poor people oh. food. It, it is. It's 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 Must organ meats and, and cheap grains, and you just boil it, and it's just, you know, it's, it's just poor shit. Poor folk shit. And simply being that England was doing really well. Like, their economy was doing pretty good. Their food was just changing and doing better. However, Scotland, same time period, not so good. Economic decline. They were going Oof, they were going okay. down. They were going down, down. Oh no. Now, on to our next question. What caused that decline? Ooh, was all right, it here a, we go. Corruption in their leaders caused a stifled economy. Was it B? A famine Ooh. would hit the region. Was it C? Ooh. Tornadoes. Lots and lots of tornadoes caused an unstable livelihood. Unexpected. Was it D? They invested everything into crypto. Yikes! Yikes! Uh, they misread that one. They misread they that a few one. NFTs while they were at it. Okay, so they lost more than Tom Brady. Ooh, <laughs> I'm again toss up between A and B. I'm like, let's go with B. B. I'm like, yeah. The answer is B, Ella. You're on a fucking oh roll, my gosh. buddy. Wow. Yeah. Haggis is my new favorite food, yeah. I think. So Scotland would hit a rough time in history known as the Seven Ill Years. Oof. There's gonna... Oh, that's how you know it's bad. Yeah. So this there's, was... Yeah. This was... I mean, what it sounds like. Seven Ill Years. It was widespread famine for a good amount of time in Scotland during the 1690s. It's named after the biblical famine famine in Egypt, predicted by Joseph in the book of Genesis. Estimates suggest between 5 and 15% of the total no Scottish way. population died of starvation during this period, uh, which is fucking wild. And According wow. to Tree Ring Records, one of the causes for this is that the 1690s was the coldest decade in Scotland for the past 750 years. How? They even... Yeah, don't ask me, man. I'm not a science bitch. Uh, I just, <laughs> just reading it off. <laughs> hey, if you're a science bitch and that's not how it works, you let me know. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I did a lot of deep dives and listen, tree rings, I just couldn't I couldn't I couldn't go into it. I like had to look up the seven years famine. I had to look up the the fucking the fucking Darien gap and the fucking Darien scheme. I was doing all over shit. Oh, yeah, we're, oh that's a lot. Yeah, I didn't we're realize. yeah, we're we're <laughs> looking I had to we had to take a deep dive, so I couldn't a look up tree rings. <laughs> cartographer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so failed harvest in 95, 96, 98, and 99, combined with the economic slump caused by the Nine Years' War, which is like a big, like... European Damn. war resulted in severe famine and depopulation. Uh, depopulation is important here because there was a lot of migration out of Scotland, which impacts mm, okay. the economy. It does. And it impacts how you can recover from really hard times. So there were, I mean, th 
thousands and thousands of people immigrating year over year to either England, the Americas, uh, Ireland, France, you name it, they were fucking getting out I didn't of there. Know that. Yeah. And the results of this was actually, it would actually lead to setting up the Bank of Scotland and the Company of Scotland. And they ended up investing a lot of money into the Darien scheme. Uh, it might be Darien. Uh. I don't. I don't know. So the Darien scheme is an unsuccessful attempt, again backed largely by investors of the Kingdom of Scotland, to gain wealth and influence by establishing New Caledonia as a colony in the Darien Gap. So this was a way to set up better trade to the Middle East, and it was an uh, again unsuccessful attempt in the late ni- uh, 1690s. A lot of money towards this, and it didn't. It didn't go well. More than 80 percent of participants died within a year and the settlement was abandoned twice. This failure, this economic failure, this investment failure would increase the pressure for a political union with England to finalize in 1707 uh, under the Union with England Act. Um, So tensions between England and Scotland aren't the best. (laughs) I don't know how it is today. And and honestly, just based off of the the amount of research I did here that I've left out of this, it seems like a lot. It seems like a lot. So... Uh, it's still really yeah, heavy. Yeah, that's okay. a rich, rich history there uh, that, well, simply it just isn't fully related to Tagus. So, <laughs> but that's the outskirts. Fair. No, 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 fair. We're building up to why, wow, we're building up to yeah. why Haggis is important here. And, and, and one of them is that it remained prevalent in their food supply during that time period, that really hard decade. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's reason one. Uh, another reason why haggis is beloved by the scots politics baby (laughs) politics baby uh a little thing would happen after the union act that would make england a little peeved at scotland just a little no uh, just a little peeved just a little what would that little thing be oh bing 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 a scotland refused to trade with england b okay the jacobites had a series of rebellions. See? Okay. They played the bagpipes too loudly. Of course you they did. You know how much they love their bagpipes? Neighbors, you know? Only three options here. Okay, A was trading. A was they refused then, to trade. B was B. a series of rebellions. Uh, and then, I feel like they both go with each other. And then C, they played the bagpipes too loudly, unfortunately. And late, I'm going too. with B, of course. <laughs> neighbors. All right. Of the answer is B. Uh, yeah, the answer's B. Oh. That's a clean sweep. It's a clean sweep, um, baby. So not long after the Act of Union, uh, the United Kingdom was uh, was a little frustrated by the Jacobite oh, yeah. risings. Uh, was and, Mama? And those risings are a series of attempts made by the descendants of the deposed James II to regain the throne. There was a series of them. They started... Pretty shortly after that union, and uh, I think the last one was 1745. So they went on for a hot minute, (laughs) and they just kind of (laughs) kept swelling up. Yeah, so this obviously caused a lot of tension, so uh, mockery happened. Uh, Functionally, you know, attacks were made and published in the press, and cartoons depicted the Scots as, like, godless barbarians, and food was a focus here. Obviously, like, you're attacking someone's well-being, and and food is a big factor of like how people view you as a country and as people and things like that um trust us we're americans we we hear you yeah we all (laughs) eat too much fast food yada 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 Uh, (laughs) so you know again the uh the perceived poverty of of scotland was used to uh deride the manhood 
and even the humanity of Scottish people. One of the one of the examples uh, was Samuel Johnson in his dictionary uh, in 1755. Johnson defined oats. <laughs> Again, this isn't a dictionary. <laughs> he defined oats as a grain which in England is generally given to horses, but in Scotland supports the people. Oh, Ima- oh. Imagine if you, yes, you, the listener, what? opened up a dictionary and you went to bitch and it just had a photo of you and Webster was like, typically pertains to a female dog, but also fucking Kevin. <laughs> Kevin's a fucking <laughs> bitch. <laughs> like that is the equivalent here. This dude. Right- that was a lot of shots fired with that. The man's writing a dictionary. Like he's trying to do fine items. And my man was like, yeah, oats typically, yeah, what's an time. oat? What's an oat? Oh, well, we typically give it to horses in England, but uh, Scottish people need it. <laughs> like, fucking A, buddy. What an asshole move, yeah, dude. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> he was the first, one of the first ones. Yeah, so, and of course, haggis was a natural target. It's cheap food. Yeah, they they characterized it as a Scottish dish for it being a, a cheap food. The uh, Tobias Smollett uh, in the expedition of Humphrey Clinker, <laughs> a book, a uh, Tobias Smollett's book. One character traveling through Scotland hastily reassures the English correspondent that I am not yet Scotchman enough to relish their singed sheep's head and haggis. Yeah. Um, And an earlier satire for the Britain Smollett (laughs) has Lord Gothamstow claim that the very prospect of a Saldonian haggis turned his stomach. Yeah. Wow. Rude. Yeah. So they were just really unmitigated shots. They were really going for him. Here's the thing though. Scottish people, Scottish people, they were going to take this. You know what I mean? I was just going to fucking, I was going to, they're going to just take it. So they kind of steered into it. They reclaimed it. All right. I like that. Change the narrative. Yeah, they reclaimed it. One of the big defining moments of this was Robert Burns' Address to Haggis, which is a poem that he wrote. And he implicitly acknowledged that there is a connection between food and character, but he turned it to the Scots' advantage. He claimed that real men ate haggis and only weak men did not so flip this yeah that's what i'm talking about on them flip the script on them and then haggis would actually take on more of a tradition as a food when george the fourth decided to try and heal wounds between the two england and scotland uh, by making a visit to scotland in 1822 his stay was in edinburgh and walter scott is the one who uh welcomed him in and put on a whole Thing for him and uh he wanted to do a good job so he made it the most scottish thing you could think of and that's to say he cranked up scottish things to 11 right like uh if any it, think of scottish <laughs> think of scotland now what are you thinking of right now l yeah top top things right now when i say think of the most haggis. scottish things you can think of i don't know i feel like this is about to come off super american yeah. ignorant haggis uh-huh. now um golf okay golf <laughs> Um, little... greenery. Okay. That's it. Yeah, that's, okay. that's yeah. Well, that's most it. people think of kilts and <laughs> tartan. <laughs> oh yeah, kilts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kilts. I forgot hangs. about kilts. Bagpipes. Yeah, it's literally those things. He had uh, these things weren't like yes, haggis was consumed and tartan kilts were worn and things like that, but they weren't like you know they weren't fucking everywhere. But he like went all the way with them, all the way with them, and he, he made some traditions off of it and like. Those things became cool. really, really big, uh, even more so after that. Tartan, uh, again, it, that's that plaid kind of uh, pattern on the kilt. Yeah, like, you see it a lot of um, Christmas that time. That became mm-hmm. like one of the, the hottest fits 
afterwards. Oh, no get bullshit. Out of here. Hit Fashion Week after that. Yeah. And Haggis became a really big deal. <laughs> and Robert Burns would end up getting his own day uh, of celebration on January 25th as the day of his birthday. And it's known as Burns Supper. Uh, and of course, the main dish is Haggis for that Has for that be. night. Still celebrated. Still a thing. January 25th is a uh, Burns Supper. We'll celebrate it too. And by the late 19th century, Haggis just sort of became the national dish um it was just it's just a beloved dish but it got there through one politics and just like reclaiming that haggis yeah haggis is a meal that they enjoy there uh and then the other one was the famine keeping haggis a prevalent dish in the region and now because we're rounding out if you can't tell. Vegetarian haggis was first commercially available <laughs> in 1984. It usually what? involves okay. the use of nuts, roots, veggies, grains, beans, and legumes. Oh, okay. Yeah, and a lot of commercial haggis that's like available all the time, uh, they actually have, uh, they don't always use the stomach. It's actually not, traditionally it's the stomach, but a lot of the commercial stuff just uses like a casing. It makes it a little bit more, make, okay. it makes it a little bit it, palatable. No, uh, just safer. <laughs> you're dealing with less like, mm. you're dealing with less meat when you do that so some extra fun facts about haggis uh it was actually or uh, it is illegal to import it into the states because it contains lung yeah it traditionally contains i was wondering about yeah, that it traditionally contains the lung of the animal that's used um and lung is not allowed to be imported because uh during slaughter body fluids uh like stomach acid and phlegm can get into the lungs mm. yeah i mean and then if you go further down that rabbit hole at one point i believe it was 1989 because of mad cow disease uh which was a really big issue over in uh europe oh, right. we actually in stopped UK, all yeah. importing of meats from europe in general uh, but even after that lifted over time uh we still do not accept the lung but it did come to america and canada and plenty of other parts mainly through uh obviously immigration and burn right. supper since it's a celebratory thing it's one of the main times you will have that's a really interesting haggis okay. and so it, it kind of has its roots tied to that and that's haggis man that's that's fun that's haggis baby we did it haggis um, <laughs> and you did perfect you nailed it wow who would have thought yeah, you i actually it. knew a lot more about haggis than i thought yeah you know um it. a true haggis is a an nba journeyman they really went through a lot and put the team on their back and yeah when it really mattered most and now they're just beloved by the the whole state you know? Yeah, yeah, and and I think um, again, I don't know how petty everyone is now about some of the past grievances between the the countries, but I don't think like sure. I don't think anyone in England is like <laughs> is roasting Scotland for eating haggis. I just don't think that's the case anymore. But not anymore. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> let's hope not. Anyway, let's hope we're not doing that. Yeah, no, I I actually really liked haggis. It was very fun to research, and I was it, it's interesting. I knew nothing about haggis. When I started this, yeah, like nothing, nothing. I didn't know the country of origin. I had no clue that it was like Scotland's national dish, and I actually thought it had some uh, bigger prevalence in the states, and it probably did during some harder times. I'm sure that like sure we made similar dishes with organ meats and stuff like that. But yeah, most of its like important history is is all overseas, which is cool. That is cool. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we normally have a, a normally a food makes its way over to America and then begins its own imprint yeah um yeah it, but yeah it sort of takes its own it sort of takes its own journey and usually there's usually we have a even with foods that aren't necessarily american we have an american section <laughs> you know right I mean? yeah the moment absolutely. it gets to north america typically like it, it takes off in some sort of way either way that's the end 
of the podcast. L, do you have a wreck? You have a wreck. I sure do, Tim. It's super simple. Straight to the point. Uh, drink water. Wow, good wreck. You're good wreck. You're your sweating. Yeah. yeah, good wreck. Your behold. Drink some yeah. water. You're you're sweating more than you think you're sweating. So you're losing a lot of salt. You're losing a, a lot of you know a lot of your your water that composes your entire body. So drink water. Yeah, it's hot outside. Yeah, drink some water. My my wreck for for this week. My wreck is gonna be to just walk a little bit, man. Wow, ours go ahead and yeah, just walk a little bit. Drink some water and take a walk. Go touch grass. Yeah, just walk a little bit. Just enjoy <laughs> life a little bit. You know, just think. Yeah. Don't even put something on, man. Just like just go. Let your let your thoughts bounce. Just go walk and just think. Just let it just let it happen. It's good for creativity. Every every different innovation for this show, every change for this show has come off the backs of me taking a walk without headphones in. Fun fact. <laughs> every single one. That is a good fun fact. Every single one. The questionnaire episodes, the stupid character episode, like all that stuff. That all literally every time I'm trying to come up with music or anything like that, it always comes off the backs of me just like, all right, no earbuds today. Let's just go on a hike go on a walk just be outside and you, when you let your brain just kind of go you're your most creative you are giving it a break and you're letting it just process and it's so 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 good for you so yeah if you're feeling stuck at work or if you're feeling stuck on a specific even relationship stuff or anything it, literally take a walk and just like let it marinate and you'll be blown away that you can really process a lot that way and and maybe even come up with some solutions so that's my wreck take a walk that's a good one take a walk take a naked walk not literally naked just lack of technology <laughs> do not get arrested um <laughs> you for sure will get arrested do not uh all right so that's the actual end of the episode or end of the podcast episode whatever who gives a fuck uh that's actual one and um, <laughs> woo. guys we have a website yes yeah, we have a website it's uh show forward slash where does food you see that in the description you can go to the website um you can listen to the podcast on there or hey hey you can hey. press the little plus.acast.com button there the little fucking support us button there and for five bucks a month you get the episodes a full day early um and if any ads come up guess what you get ad free not a problem. Not a big deal. Um, not a big deal. Not a big deal. So, yeah, that's cool, man. Five bucks a month. That's easy. It's easy support. Not a big deal. Guys, you also, you got to you gotta do it. Austin dropped his album. Check out yeah. Murray and Sky on Apple Music and Spotify. Seriously, go check it out. Uh, it's great. It's uh, th- like that guy should be, if he isn't proud of it, he should be insanely proud of it. It's an hour and 20 minutes worth of music. And it's just like, it's wild. Yeah. If you've ever made music to be able to like just put that together, I mean, it's just mm-hmm. impeccable. So go check that out. Seriously, it's, it's great. It's a great album. I genuinely enjoy it. So. Uh, go listen to it. Also, you can check us out on the socials. Guys, Where Does Food has an Instagram now. So, oh. yeah, just search Where Does Food on Instagram. You'll find us. We're there. Check us out on Twitter, at Where Does Food. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's lucky it's getting a plug at this point. You can check me out on Instagram and on threads. 
<laughs> at Tim underscore and underscore Winston. Again, Tim oh, underscore and underscore Winston. You can check me out on Threads and Instagram. You can check L out at. I'm still I'm still there. I'm I'm still the thing at Twitter on Twitter. El Chapo uh, with three underscores in between the L and the Chapo. Hey, so you can check her out there. For how long? Check her out there. Yeah, check me out. Check her out. Yeah, so that's another way to support us, actually, is literally just giving us a follow. You can review the show. We appreciate that stuff. Uh, Reviewing shows actually really does help get the word out. It's engagement. Engagement is huge. So Huge. That engagement really does help the show. So if you like the show, engage with it. Why wouldn't you? What do we got? Passive listening? What's going on here? Engage with the show. Engage with the people you like. (laughs) How you doing? Uh... (laughs) Also, guys, word of mouth is a big deal, too. So if you desire, you can just tie a friend, family member, or partner down to the bed and just play the music loudly. Uh, Not music, but, well, play Austin Martin's music loudly. And then after that, play the (laughs) podcast. That'll get you in the mood for the podcast. Yeah, just play the podcast and... uh, make them listen to it and they'll they'll get on board with it uh also whoa random plug at the end here uh guys go to rep sports yeah man. go check out repsports.com that <laughs> link is uh, that link is literally always there if you use wdf15 uh we have an affiliate link so if you use wdf15 you get 50 percent off of energy drinks supplements things like that so check that out uh that's another way to support us so many ways to support us there is a lot Un- of ways. so many avenues believable Unbelievable. Yeah, I think that's the end of the podcast for sure. Like, this is the end end. Yeah, this is the end end. 